This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And here we go, hour three. It is a great day for talk radio. We've got uh, that weather situation, which won't impact us directly, but uh, boy, northeastern Ontario, or northwestern Ontario, rather, and uh, parts of Manitoba and the upper Middle West in the U.S. of A. Uh, undergoing some real severe, uh, what they call a bomb cyclone. Ooh, that just sounds dangerous any way you look at it. But here we are. Milder temps have now graced us uh, as we hope to usher in spring in a matter of what, a week? A week and uh, a day, I believe. Yeah, so there you are. And uh, St. Patty's Day on a weekend. Always fun, you know. Get out there and uh, with the green beer and the rest. By the way, uh, speaking of the old sod, uh, this thing, Brexit, looks dead on arrival. I mean, to extend it out, and uh, it might be years in the making, if ever. It looks like it's uh, something that, whatever, uh, the tide has turned now. Although I've got to say, I love the speaker. When the speaker holds the vote and then he announces things, I mean, this guy, he's so, what do you say, dramatic. And uh, there's no messing around. It's a really forthright delivery. Order! Just bark stuff. You know, if they had that guy in question period here in our own House of Commons, uh, I'm guessing CPAC would rival Netflix for viewership because, you know, the guy's pretty, uh, pretty riveting is what I say. You know, in our own House of Commons, uh, they're saying that Jody Wilson-Raybould may get to speak her truth because the Justice Committee wouldn't allow her to speak. They shut that down after 30 minutes yesterday, you might have heard. And as a consequence, many people are cynical about the Liberals' approach to this thing. As a matter of fact, though, uh, it's drawn the attention of the OECD's working group on bribery. And that's not an insignificant development. When you've got the Organization of Economic and, uh, what is it? Economic cooperation and development, right, Uh, looking into things. I mean, this is international in scale and scope. So why would they be drawn into this whole kerfuffle here in Canada as far as Jody Wilson-Raybould and uh, assertions of bribery to Libyan officials back many, many years ago while Muammar Gaddafi was still walking the earth? We're going to find out now. We're going live to the Ukraine. Drago Koss is on the line. He's the chair of the OECD Working Group on Bribery to answer all questions. Drago, good to have you on the Oakley Show in Toronto, Canada. Hello. Yeah, hello. Nice to be with you. Best of us from Kiev. Yes. Oh, in Kiev. Very good. Uh, and the line is clear. That's even uh, a better blessing. So i got to ask you just uh, at first, though, why did this whole thing with SNC-Lavalin and the situation that's now scandal-ridden in Canada draw the OECD's attention? Uh, because we are very attentive, uh, very sensitive to uh, what might represent what we call Article 5 of the OECD Anti-Bribery Convention which is explicitly prohibited, prohibiting any, let's call it, put it short, any uh, interference in the work of the prosecutors or judges, which is not based on the merits of the case. And although we still talk about alleged interference, uh, this is serious enough for us to raise our voice and raise our concerns, and this is what we did. Right, and uh, as... History shows recent history with these types of investigations. I mean, can you maybe give us a sense for SNC-Lavalin's involvement? Uh, this isn't just a one-off with these people, is it? Well, you see, we don't get into the substance. So we don't uh, follow the concrete cases, what's happening from the substantial point of view. Uh, we are just very careful when it comes to the investigations, prosecutions, and later on, of course, trials, if there are trials, of course, uh, towards different companies, but we don't put together a list of, of companies which are suspected. We have the list of cases, 
when the cases are done from the point of view of national jurisdiction, the case is closed for us. Okay, would it be fair then to say uh, that the Article 5 in the OECD's anti-bribery convention, uh, you're seeking to uphold this, it's a matter of the rule of law? Definitely, that's the matter of the rule of law, and this is the unique article, and you will not find similar article in any of the conventions, uh, international conventions. And uh, the drafters of the conventions uh, uh, were really smart to put it in because, you know, corruption is the topic where interference in the work might happen, in the work of the prosecutors or other law enforcement officials can happen easily. All right, and so you're examining as much that Canadian officials may have been corrupted or there's uh, any uh, suggestion that they could have been bribed uh, in terms of how they dealt with this company here in Canada. Is that right? No, we are not examining nothing yet. We we just see if the case would go normally through, if there would not be those allegations, we would just wait for Canada to report to us the case is closed, it happened in that and that way, and we will say, okay, uh, would you please send us the final document with which the case was closed, either the verdict or whatever. Uh, but now, since those allegations happened, that there was interference in the work of the prosecutor, we don't go into the case at all. Now we first have to deal with, with those alleged interferences because we are what we want to do at any price is to uphold the autonomy of the prosecutors dealing with it. I see. Are you confident that Canada will supply you with the information that you require? Well, I said it many times already. In Canada, at least since I'm the chair, this is from 2014, he has turned into a very good uh, uh, member of the group. I don't know how they were before, but I know for Canada since 2014, and I don't have any reasons to, to have any doubt that Canada, and they have proven this already, you know, with their uh, full-fledged cooperation last week when we were discussing this issue and when we were making the decision. So I don't have any doubts that Canada will do uh, of its best to supply us, supply us with all the information needed. All right, you're saying we're uh, pretty compliant when it comes to these matters. Except, uh, Drago, if I can tell you, uh, yesterday, this Justice Committee looking into the matter... Uh, there, uh, it's nine members, five of which are liberals, and of course, Ms. Wilson-Raybould, as a liberal member, uh, she had testified two weeks ago, uh, which really set the whole thing in motion, but uh, they wanted her to come back, the members of the opposition, and that was shut down. And now I know there's an ethics commissioner as well who's been asked to look into things, but many people regard him as a paper tiger. I mean, uh, at most, you'd be fined $250. So it seems like political machinations might be in play here. I'm just saying uh, that's one point of view. So when I ask you if you think or you're confident that you'll get the information necessary to follow through on this, that information might be filtered uh, or, you know, manipulated to a certain extent. Are you aware of that? Uh, well, OECD is known by having very good analytics on compiling all, all sorts of information. So if the group will not be satisfied with the, the responses which we'll receive from Canada, let's say in June, because in June we were meeting next, uh, then we will reach out for other sources too. And we will go back to Canada and or we will ask Canadian delegation in the group with additional set of questions. So uh, 
you know, you, you can rest assured that we will find out what is going, what was going on and what is going on right now. Right. As part of a, an international agreement to which we're co-signatories, the OECD, uh, you're saying we should be compliant in more ways than uh, are actually being availed right now. That's a, an interesting statement there. And so you may gather more information from different sources is what you're telling us. This is, this is, this is what we usually do, you know, uh, I, I don't have to convince you that media is a very powerful source of information, uh, uh, but also let's say we need official information, of course, too. And uh, there was not the case where a country would withhold information from us if we were been asking them in a proper way, uh, and uh, if we knew in which direction we had to go. And in this case, we know perfectly well where we had, where we have to go. But let me say. Once again, I really hope that there will be no need for that, uh, and that we really hope. I really hope that Canada will deal with the issue in the proper way, so we will be able to close it in in June. By the way, what are the penalties for non-compliance? Well, we don't call them penalties, you know, because Canada is a sovereign country, so nobody can force Canada into anything. Uh, but we have so-called measures for non-compliant countries, and those measures start with, let's say. We increase the interval of reporting. So let's say Canada, if they would not implement our recommendations, but of course we would only issue a recommendation if we would, we would if we would not be satisfied with, with what Canada is doing right now. So increased interval of reporting, press releases, published statements. What we can organize is what we call high-level mission to the country. So we go to the country to meet the highest representatives, ministers, prime ministers to deliver the message. And even this, if this doesn't help, we can use what we call increased due diligence warning, which means that we, in this case, Canada, we leave Canada aside and we ask other countries to apply increased due diligence procedures when, when dealing business, doing business with Canadian companies. Uh, but I really hope we will not be, we will not have to, that we will not get to this situation where we would have to do the first step already. So I hope. It will not be needed. All right. Well, it's just interesting that we've even made the OECD's radar on this uh, particular file, and uh, we're still trying to sort it out on our end. So uh, we'll continue to watch how this one develops or evolves. And I appreciate your input in telling us where you're coming from uh, because you're part of the working group on bribery. Thanks so much, Drago, and uh, continued enjoying your day in Kiev. All right. Very good. Drago Koss, again, is the chair of the OECD's working group on bribery. Just thought we'd give you the international flavor of how this scandal has caught the attention of uh, an international group to which we're also, uh, you know, participants or co-signatories. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.